scheduled in the bottom of the ninth. Look out! Oh, my goodness. The 0-1. Oh, that got him, and it got him in the face. Oh, my goodness. Well, after the little oh, okay. practice. There we go. There we go. So, that's it. Hello and welcome. You are up and in with the Chin Music Podcast. I am Nick, your host. I really need, at the beginning of these, to stop guessing the length. Or not even guessing, but just like predicting or saying anything like i just need to stop the last couple times i've said it like at the last episode specifically i was like yeah this is going to be a really short one that ended up being over two hours long so we're just not even going to predict the length of this one it will be somewhere between 30 minutes and two and a half hours and that's what you're in for today all right alongside me today i've got the deepest pit of college baseball knowledge. Someone who is so incredible at podcasting that the only thing he does better is husk corn. Nebraska native, Ben. Ben, I am curious. What is one hobby that, or maybe not even a hobby, one thing that you would want to be a hobby of yours? Or one thing that you wish you had more time for, but that you don't do uh, because either you're working, you don't have time, or, you know, just adult life. Um, I think one, I don't know if this does like necessarily counts as a hobby, but I like wish I had like time to sit down and read a book. I feel like I need to be in like a certain headspace for that. And you need like a lot of time. I don't know. I'm, I don't read as many books as I'd like to. Um, I'd like to be more well-read. So I'd probably go with with reading. I'm trying to think of some others though. I don't really know. I don't. I don't have that many hobbies. Starts his response with, "I don't know if this is a hobby," and then names probably the number one worldwide hobby in the entire. Is that a hobby? I yeah, it's definitely a hobby. I, does that count as a hobby? I thought. It, I thought. I mean, is watching TV a hobby? Then I mean, it's, it, you're consuming media. Ah. Uh... Like when I think hobby, like the first thing that popped in my head was like woodworking. Yeah, that would be fun. But I think that reading counts as a hobby. And honestly, you could maybe stretch it and call watching television a hobby. I I don't think we should allow that to be a hobby. (laughs) Okay. I mean, but even in the context of the question, like I don't think anybody would say like, oh, I wish I... I don't spend enough time watching TV and I should spend more time watching TV. I feel like everybody watches plenty of TV. This is true. We all do it. So you think reading and woodworking? I don't know. I feel like I'd love to know how to work with wood or just be a more manly man in general. Um, I don't know how to work on cars uh, or do many other manly type things. So I feel like woodworking, that would, you know it would move me closer to being, you know, an adult man. Um, I feel like the, 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 the classic, like when men get older is like smoking meats. Oh, like yeah. old men love smoking meats. It's like their favorite hobby. My dad got into it for like two years. I'm cooking everything in the smoker. Yeah. I feel like, like I don't really know much about cars at all, but also just like random stuff. Like, if your hot water heater stops working, like I could just always remember, like when I was a kid, like whenever something would stop working, the house, my dad was just like, "Oh yeah," and then just like 
it would just like get fixed. Like if something yeah. like that, if something like that happens in my house, I'm gonna be like, what the fuck am I supposed to do about this? Yeah, correct. Correct. I have no idea how to fix most things on my own. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Dansby should have dinger. That's yes, dope. he did. <laughs> that's good for that's good for my dynasty team. And Nico wow. Horner was on base. Let's go. Nice. Nico Horner sneaky gonna have a hundred runs and forty steals this year. Yeah, I know. I uh, I dropped Nico Horner in a dynasty. It would have been maybe two years ago now. Yep. And uh, air drop at the time. Yeah, I thought I just thought he was gonna be always underwhelming. Honestly, great real life player, bad fantasy until they changed the stolen base rule. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But even a hundred runs, like just being on a good Cubs team and being such a great contact hitter like he is. I think because I assume he leads off for you, no, or is up in the top two. Um, he leads off versus lefties, and he hits two hole versus righties. Okay, yeah, no, he's. I think he's he's just a good player, and a hundred runs is obviously good. What what is his batting average? Do you know? Um, I think it's two eighty six. Yeah, I mean he's gonna hit upper two hundreds at least. I feel like yeah, for the foreseeable future. Yep, yep, yep. And he uh, he's a five war player right now. Yeah, that's – I guess is he pretty good defensively, I imagine. Yeah, he should win the gold glove at second this year. Nice. Nice. Well, just to take a step back from baseball for a second after that uh, Dansby Homer got us excited, uh, we definitely can't skip our content updates. What kind of content are you uh, – have you been absorbing? I, we missed you last week, so it's been two weeks now. Um. I've actually been kind of – I mean, I finished Winning Time, the show on the Lakers on HBO. Um, don't recommend. It's uh, it's like halfway through season two, someone told them that they weren't going to be picked up and that they had to wrap that up in three episodes. And I was like oh, – because it just doesn't really make any sense. Um, and they were like building it up like it was going to be like a big long series, but they – ended it super short and like developed a bunch of storylines that just cut off at the end. Like it was super weird. Um, not great. I just, I think it didn't have great viewership and like what I just explained, like actually kind of happened. Um, so kind of disappointing there. I kind of like that show. Um, and then I'm finishing up uh, my rewatch of boardwalk empires right now. It's the show with Steve Buscemi as the lead. Uh, plays a gangster who runs Atlantic City, and it's got like a bunch of old school gangsters. Arnold Rothstein, the guy who set up the World Series. I think I've talked about this, like Al Capone, stuff like that. And it's really solid. I'm on the fifth season of that now. Yeah, that's cool. You've been watching uh, much football? I guess I haven't talked to you since the. Oh yeah, we had a show after start football season, but. Um, I watched most of the games week one, and then week two. Um, I watched here and there. I didn't really like the late games of the Monday night games, so I didn't watch those, but I watched during like the 12 and three o'clock hour. Yeah. I'm two and oh in both my leagues. That's Thank huge. That's it huge. Is. I'm two and oh in probably the league that I consider the most important, which is huge. Um, I have Puka. I talked about Puka Nakua on last episode, and I am still just such a big Puka Nakua truther. In his second game, I don't know if you realize this, but he had more targets and more receptions than 
Cooper Cup has ever had in his career. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. Especially after Cooper Cup had like arguably one of the greatest receiving seasons of all time. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, in my I'm the only 2 and 0 team actually in my most important league. Everybody there's one 2 and 0 team, one 0 and 2 team and then everybody else is 1 and 1. Damn, that's a nice spread. Yeah. So that's Nobody pulling stuff. away early. Yeah. Well, except for yours truly. Yeah, there you go. Big time. Um, what kind of content have I been absorbing? I've been watching a lot of football and just doing a lot of like football podcasts and stuff. I've been getting really into football season this year, which is fun. It's exciting. Um, is this like your first like big season of getting into football? I mean, I'm always like into it in a way that like on Sunday I'll like sit down and watch the games and stuff. And like, I'll enjoy, I'll be like a casual enjoyer of like a good Sunday of football where I sit on the couch and watch football all day. And like, I'll be in fantasy leagues, but this year I'm like listening to two or three fantasy podcasts a day. Like while I'm doing other work, I'm like making spreadsheets for my waiver claims and my fab bids. And I like had all this stuff ready for my drafts. I've been placing like parlays every weekend and stuff. Like I'm just like, I'm getting really into football this year, and it's been very, very fun. This guy's deep. Yeah, I'm very deep, but it's fun. And it helps that your Cowboys are really, really good. They are incredible. Yeah. They look um, like the NFC favorite right now. I mean, their defense is just yuck. Yeah, to be fair, they've played – well, I mean, I guess the Giants didn't look that bad. Well, they didn't look that bad in the second half this week. They looked bad in the first half, but – like the Jets with Zach Wilson, like I don't really know what we expect that offense to look like moving forward, but yeah, super disappointing as a Garrett Wilson owner. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and yeah, in terms of other content, I don't really think um, I've been playing. I guess a lot of video games, pretty much what I've been doing, and yeah, pretty much just the podcast. I've been doing a lot of that. Also, uh, just to, I guess, give everybody a quick update, we're short Vansel tonight. I can't remember exactly what he said he was doing, but he will not be joining us. We are also short Brock currently. Brock said he had a work call and would join whenever it ended and did not super give us a time frame, but we will uh, introduce him and bring him in whenever we get that chance. Um, Whatever Vansel is doing, he was not sure he was going to be doing it until about 5 p.m. Yes, correct. I texted <laughs> in our group at like 8 a.m. this morning. I was like, hey, is everybody going to be good to record? Like, I might have to do a little later this time. And then Vansel was like, do you think I can tell the future? I was like, what do you mean? You can't tell me if you're going to be available tonight? He's like, no, I'm not a fortune teller. And then he then messaged like I forget what you said a couple hours ago, like five o'clock. And he's like, yeah, I'm not available tonight. So whatever he's doing, it just came up, but um, he is unavailable tonight. It appears. Um, tell me a player that you, uh, you haven't been able to stop watching. Um, since I've mostly been watching Cubs games because my fantasy seasons are, are actually over now. Um, I uh, I got to go with Seiya Suzuki, who has been pretty much like one of the hottest hitters in baseball over the last month and a half. I think 
going into August, he was hitting 248 and he had like 29 extra base hits or something like that. And now he's hitting 275 and has like 56 extra base hits in a month. And like, so he, he did that in a month and a half. He's been absolutely crazy. And it's super great to uh, see as a guy who's like believed in Suzuki the whole time he's been here. His advanced stat has always been pretty fantastic. And he projects as a better hitter than he has been. And he's kind of finally starting to show that. So it's been real, real exciting. I, uh, Super excited that Seiya's kind of getting on his feet now. Yeah, I uh, there was a point in a couple of my fantasy leagues about a month and a half or two months ago where I was looking at three Cubs, and I was like, all right, which one of these do I add to my fantasy team? It was Candelario, Hap, and Seiya Suzuki. And in all of my leagues, I picked either Candelario or Hap, and Seiya Suzuki has been... Definitely the best of those three since I was making those decisions. Yeah, brutal. Ian Happ's been fine and Candelario's out, so. Yeah. Yeah, Happ, is, Happ has been fine. He just, he, he feels like, especially in categories leagues, he just feels like he's maybe not the move in a categories league. He's not going to steal a bunch of bases. He's not going to hit that many homers. His OBP is really good and he's going to, like, I, I just think he's a better points league player. If you're in an OPS league, you just know he's not going to hurt you. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. That's the benefit of owning him is it's just if you got a util spot open, he's not a terrible fill. Yeah. Yeah, definitely can agree with that. I'm trying to think of a player I can't stop watching. I talked about it already last week, so I'm not going to rehash it, but just the Braves. The Braves have been so good. And obviously, last week I talked about how I had two semifinals and I was playing against a total of like nine Braves. Some of them twice. Um, so I just watched a lot of Braves, obviously. They just got swept by the Marlins this weekend, which actually makes the NL wildcard race really interesting. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I ended up uh, – looks like we're going to get Brock here pretty soon. I ended up uh, winning one of the semifinals and losing the other one, so I've got one finals. It's golf to a good start. Trying to think of what players I've been dying to watch. I guess I will uh I'll say Adam Wainwright, just because that'll kind of segue into our next um kind of my next one of my next talking points here. Um also we will uh welcome welcome Barack to the podcast. Also, Brock just tried to get into the Zoom. For everybody that doesn't know, we record the podcast on Zoom. Um, we're mid-show, by the way. Brock, just a heads up. Um, we record the podcast on Zoom, and Brock just tries. I am looking at our note sheet, and I have the link to the Zoom in the note sheet. So I just saw when he got on the note sheet, and I saw when he clicked the Zoom link, and it said admit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to admit him. And he's already typing in the notes, let me in. Like, you gave me like four seconds, Brock. You gave me like four seconds to let you in. I'm really anxious to jump on this pod. <laughs> All right. Well, we, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll I, I can introduce you. This is Brock. He's a good quarterback, and he is number one on the podcast. Brock, welcome. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> and his birthday's coming up, everyone. Next, on almost on the next show. 
It was not the 15th, believe it or not. It was not the 15th. I did think that his birthday was September 15th. I gave him a happy birthday text on the 15th, so he will not be getting one on the 27th. But all of you, 29th, 27th? 27th. 27th. Could that be the move? You just text all of your friends on like January 1st, happy birthday to get it out of the way for the year? That, that, that good- seems, that seems kind of shitty, honestly. <laughs> But if it's only like a week or two off, I think that's fine. You do it and then you go back and you emphasize the message on their birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we'll it'll be the day before Brock's birthday next Tuesday. So I don't know if we'll have him next week, but I'll be here. He'll be here. So that's exciting. So I will even hold the uh, podcast birthday wishes for you until next week as well. Um. Do I have a question for you? Not really. I'll ask you the same question that I asked Ben. Um, so if, if there is like a hobby that you really want to take up or you've always really wanted to take up, but like that you just haven't had time for, what would you say that that is? Mm. I guess. Um, that's a good question. Um did you answer this question, Nick? I actually answered it last week on the show when Vansel interviewed me. <laughs> and okay. then I, I had Ben answer. Ben said either woodworking or reading. And I said writing. I think I would okay. want to like, write stories. I really like I, that idea. I think mine would be... This is kind of like a nerd answer, I guess, but like computers or like understanding technology at like the the like hardware and software levels where it's, I don't know, like the circuits of computers. I bought a book when I was in college to try to understand how like motherboards and circuits work. And I just, I, I don't know, I really wanted to get into it and just know the information, but I couldn't get into acquiring the information. So I would say that like computers are basically magic because I don't understand how they work. Like how does FaceTime work? How, how do these things that we use every day actually work? I would say 95% of people just blindly use technology and don't really understand this, like what makes it work. And I think that would be a hobby in in a sense, just getting into technology and People make their own computers and stuff, but that's basically just parts that you buy and put together like a Lego set, but they're not actually building any of it. Yeah, I I think that's a good one. I don't know anything about technology. The extent of my, like whenever something is not working or not functioning, the extent of my knowledge is uh, turn it off and turn it back on type, type uh, uh, troubleshooting. Um, I guess. Go Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to, I guess I'll say the other thing would be like mechanics of cars. So I guess my hobbies are like understanding how things work. Like cars are another thing that I use every day. Man, if my car breaks down, I like, I can't tell you what's wrong with it. That would be great to know. Yeah. I, uh, that's another thing that Ben and I actually just talked about. Um, something funny like whenever something is wrong with my car, I'll like call my dad. And like, if it's making some sort of a noise that's like coming from like a certain part of the car, I'll just literally just describe to him the noise 
and tell him where it's coming from. He's like, oh yeah, that's uh, this is wrong. And I take it into the <laughs> shop and I'm like, oh yeah, this is wrong. And they're like, yep, that is exactly what was wrong. I was like, I don't know how that is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad diagnoses things from yeah. the sound and location. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's impressive. Can I, can I change my answer on the hobbies? Yeah. Um, I have a notes app full of like like good bit ideas, and I want to try to like work a tight five of stand up comedy. Oh, that'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, whenever I'm like telling jokes to myself in my heads, if I if I think of a good one, I write it in my notes. All right, from now on, at the end of our show, we're gonna get like a three minute or five minute stand up performance from Ben. Wrong. You can just work one <laughs> bit, like thirty seconds. Yeah, just like <laughs> one bit. You're going to have to mark this thing double explicit. <laughs> you think um, I'm telling myself clean jokes in my head? <laughs> uh, uh, All right. Well, what else did I miss? Um, we hadn't really talked a ton of baseball yet. We talked about how my dynasty team is kind of putting a whooping on yours so far. Yeah, my team fell apart at the most inopportune time. Yeah, and my team, my team put it all together right when I got into the third place match, and not when I was playing for the semifinals. Of course, it's kind um, of crazy that uh, the fifth and sixth place teams are in the championship, though. Yeah, you seem you seem. Uh, I'm not bitter about it. I it's just crazy that you know, usually yeah. the like our teams were so far ahead in the regular season standings. Yeah, and then that just doesn't matter. Like Durs was thirty-one games behind me. Yes, he made a lot of trades, and his team, like his team now versus the team that it was probably in early June, is a lot different. But it's just kind of impressive that uh, when you have playoffs like that, anything can happen in a two-week matchup. Yeah, especially in weekly. Like if you have a pitcher go down or a player go down, you're kind of locked into it for. Yeah, that makes it that makes it tough for sure. I guess we we were talking about uh, players that we haven't been able to stop watching over the last week or so, and I had mentioned Adam Wainwright. I don't know if you want to like incorporate a player that you haven't stopped watching in this uh, fantasy talk. Um, I really, I honestly haven't been watching a lot of baseball because the Cardinals are out of it. Um, I've said that in the last few podcasts, but Adam Wainwright, that was cool to see him get two hundred wins. Um, yeah, 100%. I wish I wish he would have won a Cy Young or just had one year because then you could try and make an argument for him into the Hall of Fame. But I don't know. He, Wainwright was weird because like five or six years ago, he was really, really bad. And then he came back one or two years and was dominant when he just used his curveball a lot. And I, I think, think it changed people's perspective of him on him. He was good in 2021 and 2022, I think. If I rem- mm-hmm. if I'm remembering that correctly, it could have been the shortened season. He was good. I can't remember exactly, but and obviously he uh, had a really good long stretch to start his career. Yeah, he, I think. Yeah, he, he could, I think he, he could be a, a Hall of Famer. Like uh, if I think Cy Young's like he was in top five for Cy Young voting like five times or four times. And if you mm-hmm. look at this year, if you look at who's going to win the NL Cy Young. He had like 
three seasons that are better than the top three guys that are going to be in an LCI Young building this year. Yeah, the argument can be made dead ball error, but you are right. He those like that decade for pitching the the thousands and early tens had some really really dominant pitchers. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, for me, is like Chris Carpenter. I thought growing up was better than Adam Wainwright. Chris Carpenter just didn't sustain it. No, he did not. Um, yeah. Regardless, Wayne is a Cardinals Hall of Famer. Like, definitely, he'll be a Cardinal legend forever. So, I'm happy to see him get 200 wins. I would say Royce Lewis is probably the player that I've been seeing the most like highlights of on Twitter right now. Um, did any of you guys choose him for your? No, but we we do. Ben, were we talking about Royce Lewis before the pod started, or are we doing it? After it's um, we did it on the pod, and then immediately, as Nick goes, Royce Lewis yeah. is really good. Nick, two seconds later, goes, Oh, Royce Lewis just pulled his hamstring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was running out of ground at a first base and pulled up, and he went immediately down into the locker room, and it didn't look that good. It's so fitting that he's on the twins. I like he reminds me of Byron Buxton. Like when he yeah. plays, every time he's played, he looks like he's going to be good, and then inevitably he has a, a an injury, and then plays really well for a few weeks, and then another injury. So, but he yeah. had been hitting a lot of grand slams. Yeah, he had. Like I think he hit three grand slams just against you in the semis over a two week span. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that hurt. Hard. Some people go like their whole career without three grand slams. He had, what'd you say, 18 RBIs? Yeah, he had 18 RBI against you in two weeks. <laughs> That's vicious. Yeah. And Corey Seager. Yeah, Corey Seager is very good as well. What about uh what about content? Have you been consuming any content since we last chatted? Um a lot of football, but I did watch the flash on hbo i was actually a fan of it um the actor was he was a good actor the flash was kind of an odd superhero but i I liked the flash and then i never watched Zack snyder's justice league and like after you watch something it shows all the things that like you should watch next that are similar to whatever you just watched and I started like 20 minutes of that. It's a four hour movie. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I might just watch it in like 20 minute increments. <laughs> but it's it got good reviews. And yeah, it got pretty good reviews. And I don't know. I'm, my guilty pleasure is uh, superhero movies. Yeah, I like superhero movies quite a bit too. I can't say I've ever really had any desire to watch that movie though. I guess. I'll wait for your review and then watch accordingly. What have you guys been up to? What have you been content updating? Uh, we talked mostly, or at least I talked mostly about football. Um, I was just telling Ben that I just have been more into football this year than I think I ever have been, which is exciting. It's been really good. And on the last pod, I'm sure you haven't listened to it because I just uploaded it like Sunday night. Um. I talked a lot about how high I was on Pukunakua and that take is looking like it is aging incredibly. So that's exciting. 
yeah, pretty much just football for me. But yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, Ben, you can go ahead. Talked about how I hated winning time, but Brock already knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I also wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, as far as Puka Nakua goes, until uh, or Puka, yeah, I don't. I think it's you Puka said Nakua. Right. You had it right. Yeah. Um, until Cooper Cup comes back, <laughs> he just took over the Cooper Cup role and is immediately him. See, like that's what everyone's targets. been saying. Everyone's been saying that he took over the Cooper Cup role, but I was telling Ben. He had more targets and more receptions in this week two game than Cooper Cup has had in his entire career in a game. Yes. He okay, he, I'm not gonna discredit him. He looks good. He's big and he's fast. Matthew Stafford's done that his entire career. Like he made Calvin Johnson, he just made Calvin Johnson the ball. Like I love Matt Stafford because he will like a guy could be double covered and he's gonna throw it to them where they can catch the ball 15 times a game. And He's, yeah. I don't know, like he just makes stud receivers. He gave Cooper Cup the greatest season of all time. Yeah. Stafford looks good know. this year, too. He throws missiles. I'm I'm glad he's healthy, but the Cowboys also look really good. Micah Parsons is probably the best defender in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's probably the number two player in the NFL overall. Yeah. So the Chiefs look kind of bad. Yeah, they do, but Mahomes is still, I think, the best player. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk more about Wayno getting 200 wins. I think that's super exciting. He's only the third player in Cardinals history to hit 200 wins, which is kind of surprising to me, I guess. Like, I assume Bob Gibson is one of them. I couldn't even tell you who the third one is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think 200 wins is awesome. I don't think we're really going to see many pitchers hit 200 wins ever, really. Like other mm-hmm. like obviously Kershaw just did it earlier this year. Um I'm sure obviously like I'm sure Verlander has it. I'm sure Scherzer has it. But like I don't know if pitchers are really built to get 200 wins anymore. So I think yeah, that's exciting. It and it's just been such a long road too. My goodness. I've been watching Wayno starts all season long and it's been it's been a tough watch, but he finally got it and I'm very happy for him. Yeah, my thing with Wayno is he probably should have just retired last year. Like I'm really glad that he finally got to 200 after an awful season, but I felt like he stayed just to chase 200 wins and it took him a terrible season of like all season long injured. Just a rough season. It took him till September to finally get there. So I'm happy for him. But if he would have just retired <laughs> with Yachty and Albert, I think it would have done more for me for his legacy. I mean, do you think the Hall of Fame voters care about 200 wins that much? I, I think they care about a lot of things that are irrelevant. So I wouldn't be surprised if they look at 200 wins and they like put some sort of value or weight on that. Yeah. Wainwright was only a three-time All-Star. Oh, that's kind of wild. Wasn't he in top five Cy Young voting like four or five times? Let's see. Um, One year he got – in 2009, he got third. 2010, he got second. 2013, he got second. 2014, he got third. 
So he was in top three Cy Young four times and was only was only an All Star three times. Mm-hmm. Two thousand nine. Oh, my fire alarm's going off. One sec. That's well, all right. Then Hall of Famer or not? Absolutely not. It's, come on. Four <laughs> wins does nothing for you. Okay, so here's the Hall of Fame. You're an automatic Hall of Famer, I feel like, if you have, like, 225, 250. But uh, just, he's not a Hall of Famer. Come on. He's a two-time gold winner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those things matter as a pitcher. I don't know. I mean, was he ever? Uh, uh, I hate. That's it. what I'm saying. Though. I hate him. Had he and, won the Cy Young uh, once, one or two of those not years, if he had won a Cy Young, he would have. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying, though. It seems. Did you just say if he if won he a Cy Young, he would be a Hall of Famer? I think his resume looks infinitely better. He has two seconds and two thirds. I don't know. That's wild. Like if he would be, if his, if that season would have been this year. It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Really Good. Show me the year you were the guy. I don't know, but um, like just he, just putting it on Cy Young, like Blake Snell is about to have two Cy Youngs. Like that's ridiculous. Like there's no way you can tell me Blake Snell is better than Adam Wainwright. That's a fair point. He lost. Um, okay, when he got second, he lost to Clayton Kershaw and Roy Halladay. So, like, if he gets in, two Hall of Famers lost to two Hall, other Hall of Famers. Yeah, if he gets in, he will be like a twelfth or thirteenth ballot guy. Like it's going to take him last times. Time, he's going to be like could, Jack Morris. It's going to take him forever. Could, it could be a fair assessment if the like. Current MLB pitching injuries and guys having in, like innings limits, if that becomes the new norm for the next like decade, they could look back and be like, wow, his longevity was impressive. Let's induct him after, yeah, he's been on the ballot for however long. Because also, so I think against, we're going to see 200 again. Come on, somebody's going to do it. Sandy, Sandy Alcantara will probably get. Not if he stays with the Marlins. That's fair. Spencer Strider probably could. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I um, saw a lot of people we... saying that Spencer Strider should be the uh, Cy Young winner this year. I think maybe... Uh, a lot. Yeah, I think maybe uh, uh, Blake Snell maybe put an end to that conversation when he went out against the uh, Dodgers the other day and Pitched like six scoreless against one of the best teams in baseball. Are you guys worried about the Dodgers' rotation going into the playoffs? A little bit, yeah. They have nobody. Bobby Miller and Clayton Kershaw. Ryan Pepio's look really good. Yeah, Pepio is. I like Pepio. I figured it out. Pepio is good, but they've probably lost Urias forever. Hopefully, forever. And then Walker Buehler is not going to return. Yeah. I don't know. My thing is, like, watching the Cardinals make the playoffs for all those years just to lose in the first round, you almost have to have an ace or two aces or else you're probably not going to make it very far. 
Yeah, I think it's just the Braves to lose at this point. Like every, I feel like everybody's. I saw the name of a podcast. I think it was maybe the Baseball is Dead podcast or something. Or no, it was Talking Baseball with John Boy. Like the name of their most recent podcast was like everybody's limping into the playoffs. And I think that that's kind of a good way to put it. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. every, like not really anybody is continuing dominance through the end of the season here. Even the Braves just got swept by the Marlins. Yeah, they're they're like four and six in their last ten. Yeah, I think one of those AL West teams is going to make a run. Yeah, but even like like them's haven't looked that good. The Astros haven't looked that good. The Rangers really haven't looked that good. Their rotation is in shambles. No, but I think one of them will turn it on because I mean the Orioles are good, but they're rotation is not very good and time they bomb. have a really young team yeah time bomb the yeah. rays i saying we've talked about them what do they say ad nauseum um we've talked about them a lot and their rotation is they're missing mclanahan and wander franco i don't know i just don't feel it i would find it really hard to bet against anybody other than the braves right now Yeah, and you know, that's, I mean, you can't hardly really make a case for anyone unless it's maybe the Dodgers. Just yeah, I think because the Dodgers. The can, yeah, yeah. They have two of the best offensive pieces. But then when you, when you look at the Braves, they have like nine legitimate offensive pieces. Phillies? I like the Phillies. Yeah, Nola but, just doesn't look that good this year. And Wheeler has been good. And I guess that new guy, Christopher uh, Sanchez. Christopher Sanchez. He didn't pitch that well today, but obviously it was against the Braves, who are the best team in the league. But I think he's looked really good. His ground ball weight's amazing. He's all of a sudden starting to strike people out. The Phillies could be good, and especially if obviously like Trey Turner and Bryce Harper are uh, starting to you know really turn it on here at the end of the season, which it looks like they kind of are. I I don't I don't hate that call. They seem to be the Braves kryptonite. Well, they kind of got smacked today, but I would agree. Yeah, but then they knock them out the year they went to the World Series. I could be I wrong think, about that. No, I think that sounds right. And I think we've uh, maybe a little bit buried the lead here. Um, I think maybe the biggest baseball news that has broken, at least recently, was the we finally figured out what's going on with Otani. Um. He had a procedure today and posted on all of his socials that uh, he did end up having his elbow surgically repaired in some way. It was kind of cryptic. Like, we don't know if it was Tommy John, right? I'm pretty sure we don't know if it was, like, full-on Tommy John surgery. But they said he should be ready to bat by the beginning of next season, which actually leads me to believe that it wasn't Tommy John. But I could be wrong on timeline, timetable there. Um, but he said he's going to be ready to bat by the beginning of 2024 and he's going to be ready to pitch by the beginning of 2025. So what does this news do to his contract? And when he says he's going to pitch in 2025, I know he probably wants to come back as a starter. Do we think that's possible? Do we think that's reasonable? And do we even know if he had Tommy John? Uh, Brock, you can talk about uh, Otani first. 
Yeah, I don't know if he had Tommy John. It is really weird. I know they all those news articles leaked that he had taken all the stuff out of his locker room. Well, yeah, if he's going to have surgery, I would probably pack up my stuff too. His season is over. Why the Angels didn't just hit that in the bud and say something was weird to me. His whole injury and the Angels handling injuries is a not a good look for the Angels. Um, him hitting next year, I mean, Bryce Harper did it. I don't know how many months that was, but I don't know. I, if I was going to spend however many millions of hundreds of millions of dollars he's going to get, if I was spending that amount of money, I wouldn't want to rush him back. Um, so I, it, I think it, again, just kind of depends on what team he goes to, but that might be part of it too is like, I still want $400 million, but I may not play until 2025. Um, and if that's like what it takes, then I could see him sitting out hitting and pitching for longer than we foresee. But um, yeah, I guess I don't really know. I, I'm anxious to see where he signs. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, Ben, you can go, and then I'll talk about it. Um, so, for just, like, timeline's sake, he's going to be about, depending on when he had the surgery, should be, like, maybe two months ahead of Bryce. Because Bryce had that whole playoff run, played deep, deep into the playoffs. So I'm guessing he's going to be pretty far ahead of that timeline. To be fair, Bryce came back really quick. But... I would imagine he would, you know, at max miss like 30 games next year, which I think, you know, definitely helps clarity wise. And then wouldn't he like have to disclose to the team that's signing him potentially that like, like what the surgery was like, don't you think that's going to be everyone's first question? Like why not come out and say it? Is that HIPAA? I don't know. Uh, I think like you have to take a physical for the team that you're, you know, signing with. Yeah. But I, it has just been a weird process that's happened. And like all like the, like he cleared out his locker and like, it's just been all kind of, I don't know. Like, I don't really know but what we're on the time team It's for, like but... they signed a contract pending a physical. Right. Not, right. hey, dude, take a physical and maybe I'll offer you a contract. Like, right. Because you need a four to sign him then and fail the physical. Yeah, the disclosure has to be because of the free agency. Because, like, Shane McClanahan got hurt, and then it was like the next day or like two days later, he's having Tommy John. Why are your arms up then? Yeah, Suzuki, home run. Nice. But, he's an animal. But any, every other time a pitcher gets injured, it's almost like the next day or within the week, they say, okay, set to undergo Tommy John surgery. But Otani, it's just been a radio silence as to what the actual surgery is. And you got to know, like, I think they've had people looking at his arm for the last, like, three weeks, like, a ton. Like, he's, like, it's, like, one of the most important arms in the world. Like, you, you that's they've a got half a some, billion dollar arm. <laughs> yeah, they've, they, they've got doctors looking at that arm, that's for sure. And they know what's going on. They're just, I don't know. And, like, the whole, like, he was having arm fatigue, like, being taken out of starts for arm fatigue, like, back in, july back in june like it's been a long time it's crazy that 
it's just been a really weird timeline in terms of when stuff has come out. And, and I guess we still don't like, he said, I had a procedure on my arm and his, you know, post today, he still didn't even call it Tommy John. So it's, it's weird though. And did you see that the doctor that performed his surgery, or I think somebody said that in our group chat, the doctor that performed his surgery is the same one that just fixed Rogers Achilles earlier this week. He's got that bridge in his elbow now. Yeah. Innovative surgery. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I saw that Rogers went underwent some new innovative surgery to try and get back sooner, I was like, of course he did. Of course he did. That's so awesome. <laughs> there was the Pat McAfee podcast that he went on. And he was like, yeah, we're going to try to rehab this through many modalities. And Pat McAfee was like, what? <laughs> uh, All right. What else I guess, do you have for us? Nick? Yeah, I guess the only other like baseball topic that I had for us, and maybe this will be kind of a quicker show. Um, was the Braves. I think we should just talk about the Braves, how good their season is. And what I really want to know is um, how much weight would you put on – because obviously I think it's undeniable their offensive season has been historic. Um, If you look at all their numbers, they have a 500 slugging percentage right now as a team. That's never happened before in the history of baseball. There's never been a team that has a 500 slugging percentage. Um, But I guess my thought is – how much weight do you put on winning the championship for a team like this when you're looking back at like, you know, some of the greatest teams of all time? So I like one that comes to my mind is like the 2004 Cardinals, but obviously that's probably just because I'm from St. Louis and everybody always talks about it. Like that team was amazing, but I don't like, do you think that the general baseball world acknowledges that 2004 Cardinals team as being like amazing. Like we had three players in the top five MPP voting, which is pretty insane. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like how much weight, I guess we can start with you, Ben, how much weight are you putting on? Like, do the Braves need to win the championship this year for you to look back at this and like, like look back at like, dang, the 2023 Braves were insane. Um. I don't think you necessarily have to win the championship to be viewed as a great team. The main example of that that comes to mind is that Seattle's Marin- Seattle Mariners team that won like 113 games had Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez when they were all like young and just like incredible players. They also had Edgar Martinez as their DH, first DH ever to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So like their team was disgusting. And like I said, won 113 games. I think it's viewed as like, one of the better teams all time. And I don't believe they won a championship. So, you know, I think you have to make a run. You got to go deep in the playoffs, but I think you could lose in the world series or the, you know, the NLCS and still be considered a historically great team, given how amazing they're like, there's just not a hole on their offense. It's just like, Oh, Eddie Rosario nine hole. Like, like that's your worst hitter in your lineup is Eddie Rosario guy with 22 pumps. Come on. It's uh, it's pretty crazy how good they are on offense. So I think, you know, as long as they make it pretty deep in the playoffs, I think they could be considered, you know, one of the more impressive teams of all time. Yeah, I feel like I agree about the that M's team. That I think it was 114 or something like that. I think it's the record for wins in a season. 
But I do just think that when people think about that team, they think about how they blew it in the postseason. Like, I, I guess I could be wrong or looking at it incorrectly, but I think that that is largely what people think about. All right, Brock, go ahead. Yeah, I put all the weight um, into the championship in baseball. Um, I think it's, like, different in basketball. Um, like, you think back to the Supersonics teams or the Jazz teams that had John Stockton, Carl Malone, but never won. Like, those teams are cemented in history as really good. But in baseball, it's just different. I don't I don't really know why. It's just the history of it. But if you don't win the championship, your name's not cemented in history the same way. Um, and, like, in – I guess it just means more to me. I don't know because I'm a Cardinals fan and I like if I don't win a World Series then we didn't have a good year but um like you said that 2004 Cardinals team yeah we remember it because we're Cardinals fans um but I think most people remember the Red Sox team so I don't know the NFL I was trying to draw a parallel to that I think it's more similar to baseball in that great teams like that the only team that can come to mind that didn't really win it was the Tom Brady when they went, what, 16 or no? Wasn't that the year they lost to the Giants? Like, everyone yeah. remembers that season. But outside of that, I don't think people in 20 years will look back and be like, that Philadelphia Eagles team in 2022-2023 was really, really good. But yeah, I think the only – at least the only football teams that I that come to mind that I would challenge you on were the Dan Marino teams. Those teams are obviously all amazing, and I don't think he ever won it. Um, but, yeah, I guess I tend to agree. Oftentimes, football teams are remembered by championships. I don't know, but isn't the monkey kind of already off the Braves' back? Because you view teams not in terms of one season. Typically, it's over, like – stretches like that's kind of how we've been talking about different teams like in the past at least and like single season yeah maybe it won't go down as one of the best teams but like they already kind of have that monkey off their back now they can say look during this stretch we also had a season where we broke the team slugging percentage record and like all these other offensive records so i don't know i think this era of braves is going to go down as like some of the best teams of all time i think yeah, in baseball, I think the division matters quite a bit. Like, that's a whole flag at Bush Stadium. It was like every time we've won the NLCS, anytime, every time we've won the NL. I think you're right on that, Ben, where this one season, if they don't win another World Series, but they're dominant, I think people will still always look back and say, those Braves teams were incredible. They just, like the Bills teams back in the, in the NFL, like they went, what three or four years, four or five years, and never won. Like, yeah. Well, it's hard to win multiple championships in baseball. I mean, look at those old school Braves dynasties with Maddox, Glavin, and Schmoltz, and they won one. Mm -hmm. All right, I have queued up a uh, a little fantasy feud. If we want to end with that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Brock, is that let's all right? That. That's fine. I'll probably get destroyed. They're going to be... It's going to be kind of tough, I think. Some of these... 
Well, really, the just, last one just possible. One of one of the stats, I think, is going to be nearly impossible. But um, I'm just getting it all set up here. There's going to be three hitting stats and one pitching stat, or maybe I should just do. The, I'll do three hitting and two pitching, so that we have an odd number and we don't have any uh, any ties going on in here. I will tell you before we start that all of these are going to be only second half stats. So I'm starting all of these from the all-star break. So that is important in, um, you know, obviously deciding who you're going to uh, guess on. Um, all right. All right. I have the three hitting stats and I will get the uh, pitching stats ready while we're doing the hitting stats. All right, Fantasy Feud, uh, Ben versus Brock. Do we remember how to play the game? Yes, you raise your hand if you want to buzz in, and I will call on you. We're just going for the top five on the board. Um, obviously, you go until you get three strikes, and the other person has a chance to steal the category, and we're just doing like a point system. Like if you get one, uh, you name as many as you can, and if the other person doesn't steal it, then you get that point, and so forth. So the first category we're going to go with is second half home runs. Rock buzzed Matt in. Olson. Matt Olson is tied for first with 23 second half home runs. Rock, would you like to pass or would you like to play? We will play. Brock is going to play. All right, Brock, give me another guess for second half home runs. Um, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber is tied with Matt Olson for number one with 23 home runs. They each have 23 home runs. They're tied uh, for first. Ronald Acuna. Ronald Acuna is down tied for 10th with 16 home runs. That is strike number one. All right. Uh, let's try Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, I think he was more of a first half homer guy. Yes, Mookie Betts has 13 home runs in the second half. He is tied for 24th. That is strike number two. Um, Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo squeaks into the top five with 19 second half home runs. He's actually tied for fourth. So there's another player with 19 and then one with 20. That's what you're looking for. A player with 19 and then one with 20. Pete Alonso has 19. Uh, Corey Seager, maybe? Corey Seager is tied with half. Peter Alonso with 19. So you have first, hence you have people tied for first and second, and you have people tied for fourth. Um, fourth and fifth are tied. You have those two. So you're just missing number three. That's the only one left on the board. Um. Um, let's do another brave. We've got, we guess two got one right. Austin Riley. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, Brock sweeps the board and takes category oh. number one. The answers were Matt Olson and Kyle Schwarber with 23 each. Austin Riley with 20. And then Corey Seager and Pete Alonzo with 19. Can I guess Braves just for those <laughs> two out of five? Yeah. And Marcelo Zuna is number six right behind them with 18. Ridiculous. So, wow, you, uh, you've you swept the board and didn't even give Ben a, uh, a chance to steal anything there. That's exciting. So we've got Brock with one and Ben with zero. All right. Next category is going to be second half steals. Ben has raised his hand. Ben, who's your guess? Nico Horner. Nico Horner is tied for third with 21. Brock, would you like yes. to uh, – well, Brock gets to answer first, and then if he gets one that's higher on the board is than he... you, then he gets to, pick, to pass. Oh, this is nonsense. Uh, Ronald Acuna. Ronald Cunha has 25. That is more than Nico Warner. Would you like to pass or play, Brock? Well, I would normally have said play, but because Ben was going to pass, I'm going to pass. Okay, so Ben, you must play. Number two and number and one of the three people tied for third are off the board. How many did Nico have? Nico had 21. Acuna had 25. There's two other with 20. There's two other people with 21, and there's one with 28. 28. Holy cow. Oof. I'm just blanking on speed, guys. This is a rough, this is a rough uh, little category here. Yes, it is. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie De La Cruz is not on the list. He is, he has 13 steals. He's tied for 12th. Yeah. He is striking out at a 36% rate in the second half, okay. which makes I'm back. it awfully I'm back. hard to steal bases. I'm back. Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt is tied with Nico Horner at 21. Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez is. Tied for ninth at 14. That is two strikes. Mark explicit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, God, he's stealing a lot of bags. I just haven't watched anybody but the Cubs. Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll is another one tied for fifth. The only one that you are missing, or tied for third, I guess. With 21, the only one you're missing is number one with 28 steals in the second half. Dude, who's stealing all those bags? I feel like Brock knows it. Oh, man, this is tough. It's not a story Ruiz. He stole like 30 in the first half. And then it's still in like nothing since. Gosh, who's stealing all these bases? Is it like super obvious? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't really, I guess I'll give you a hint cause you'll both, um, 
you'll both know it. I get you'll both hear the hint. Um, it's very obvious to me. That's just not the guy looking at. I understand. Kim. Hassan Kim is actually at 20 right behind this group of players, but he is not number one. He is number six. You got number six. That is strike number three, and Brock now has a chance to steal. I was thinking CJ Abrams until Ben said Estier Ruiz. And I mean, doesn't Estier Ruiz leave baseball and stolen bases? So, I know. I guess he was hurt for a long time. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know who leads over the season. I'm just looking at second half numbers. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just guess. Uh, like that says, C.J. Abrams. I'm just gonna guess Estier Ruiz, though. Estuary Ruiz is incorrect. It's CJ Abrams. It is CJ Abrams. (laughs) And that is why my hint is that it was obvious to me because he is on my dynasty team. I was thinking geographic. I know Kim has like 40 steals. Oh, yeah, no, it is because CJ Abrams is on my dynasty team and he has 28 steals in the second half. They finally have let him loose. He's finally running. It's unbelievably unfortunate. Yeah, that's that is pretty unfortunate. Yes. Um, so Ben has one, and now Brock also has one. Um, this next stat is uh gonna be really tough. I'm gonna do we're gonna go with the top eight in strikeout percentage in the second half, qualified hitters. Kyle Schwarber. Brock, guess highest Kyle. or lowest? He, this is highest. Okay. Guess is Kyle Schwarber, and that is not on the list. Dude, so Ben, Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie De La Cruz is number two at thirty-six percent. I did just kind of give that away a second ago when I told you what his strikeout rate was, but I guess you didn't know if that was. Uh, He's also on my team, and I look at his stats all the time. And he has like 130 Ks in like 70 games. Yeah. So he his strikeout rate in the second half since the All Star break is 36. percent Ben, would you like to pass or would you like to play? Uh, I'll pass it. He passes it. Brock strikeout percentage. I'm giving you the top eight. I want the top eight answers on the board. The lowest guy on the board is a 33% striker. It goes from 33% all the way up to number one at 37.1%. Um, Man, I don't understand the whole percentage thing because Kyle Schwarber strikes out all the time. I guess the second half. Um, Schwarber's at 29.4%. Um, I don't know. People that strike out a lot, they come to mind are the Mariners, so we'll try some of them. Uh. I guess Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez is at 15, unfortunately. He is up there, though, at 29.7%. That is strike number one. Uh, Eugenio Suarez. 
Eugenio Suarez is number five at 34.2%. That is correct. Um, what about this is hard. I'm going to name eight of them. I don't um, have to name eight of them. You just, to, you just have to name enough that there aren't any left on the board for Ben. Uh, Nick Castellanos is 16th at 29.5%. Still, still, you're, you're close. Um, I don't know. James Alvin. Outman is twentieth with twenty eight point nine percent. You got you, you're guessing a lot of guys that are up there, but none in the top eight. Ben with a chance to steal. Um, Jack Swinsky. Jack Swinsky is number seven with thirty three point two percent. Ben has stolen, and Ben is up now two to one. That's so not fair. I was watching the game earlier and it popped up that Jack Swinsky was seventh in the <laughs> You're <laughs> kidding me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I just needed him not to guess Jack Swinsky. That is I guess I guess that uh that's just the nature of watching a lot of baseball, I guess. Um I'm Double check to make sure these two lists aren't. No, okay, they're good. All right. The first list that we are going to do for. So now, so we've done three categories so far. We've done three hitting, and now we're going to go to two pitching categories. Um, the first category that we are going to do is pitching war. I'm looking for the top five in pitching war in the second half only. And this is a fan graphs war, by the way. This is not baseball reference war. Ben, who would you like to guess? Uh, Blake Snell. Blake Snell is number 19. Yikes. Brock, would you like to guess? Uh, Pablo, this is second half or whole season? Just second half. Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez is number 25. So, Ben, you had the better guess. So you get to pick two pass or play. Play? I guess. All right, he's going to play. All right, pitching war, top five. God, I'm trying to think he's been that good. Let me throw my man Justin Steele in the ring. Justin Steele is number 13, unfortunately. He is. Oh, my goodness. Not Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo. Is number 27 on the list. So that is two strikes. Framber Valdez. Framber Valdez. <laughs> I don't even see Framber. 
Dude, this is the worst category of all time. Fangraphs uh, worst act. I don't. I do not see Framber Valdez in the top thirty. So that is three strikes for Ben, and Brock has a chance to steal. What happens if Brock, Cole. <laughs> if Brock doesn't steal? Then I'm gonna have to come up with a new category because I'm not. I can't let none of you get the top five and give somebody a point. Was Garrett Cole, Cole has got to be up there, right? He said Garrett Cole. He's number eleven. He is not in the top five. So neither of you get what? a point. For this one. What's the top five? What's the top five? The top five is What's Freddie Peralta is number one. Freddie Peralta is number one. That wow. makes sense. He's been really good. Tarek Skubal is number two. He's also been very good. Uh, Sonny Gray is number three. Um, Tyler Glass now number four. Glass now number four, and then Spencer Strider number five. I don't understand how they do war for pitching. I guess. Okay, well, I will uh, come up with a different category for that one. But in the meantime, we'll go to my uh, my fifth category. Well, if Ben wins this category, then we'll just call it. But if Brock wins it, then I'll get a tiebreaker category. Um, so yeah. the fourth category is going to be pitching ERA in the second half. Brock, what would you like? What would Blake you like Snell. To Blake Snell is number one overall. Ding, ding, ding. Would you like to pass or would you like to play? We'll play. All right. Brock is playing. Um, Let's do Justin Steele. Justin Steele is number 10. That is strike number one. Um, Still second half? Yep, just second half. Cole Reggins. Cole Reagans, I do not see in the top 30. He qualify. No, he gave up like six rounds in his get... last part, too. Yeah, that's okay. Um, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's number six. Yikes. That is painful. All right, Ben, with a chance to steal and close out the game and make me not come up with a tie-breaking category, so please do this. You might Make have to, because I, I just can't think of it. Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson Rodriguez is number four. Ben has done it. No, I didn't know that he'd been that good, to be honest. Grayson Rodriguez has a two five nine ERA in the second half, which I think Amazing. is just like since he's been called back up, right? I think that includes all of it. Like he wasn't called up before the All Star break, was he? That's since he's been called back up. Yeah, so he has been absolutely stellar since he's been called back up. There's a couple names on the, on this list that I want to talk about, actually. Freddie Peralta is number two with a 2-4-2. He's been incredible. Um, Blake Snell, yeah, Blake Snell obviously has a 1-8-3. He's been very good. But number three with a 2-4-7, Kodai Senga. Yeah, he's been really good. He's been so good. Um, And then number five, another name I kind of want to talk about is Tanner Bybee. He's also been, really. I feel like he's been kind of slept on as a rookie pitcher. I think he's been, in terms of rookie, besides Kodai Sanga, probably, in terms of rookie pitchers that have played, he's he's been up, has he been up all year, Bybee? Most of it. Most of it. I think he probably is the guy that has had put together, like, the best body of work over a full season. Like I said, besides probably Kodai Sanga. 
Yeah, I think Grayson, if he hadn't looked so bad at the beginning, could. Yeah, the thing with the, the problem with Grayson is that he did just look really bad at the beginning of the year, which obviously makes stuff and obvious like his yeah he's just he's been really good in the second half though i would uh i would tend to agree that he has probably i mean obviously i think moving forward he's probably the rookie pitcher i'm most excited about i wouldn't say it's tanner bybee it's grayson um but tanner bybee i think i am I'm, I'm pretty high on tanner bybee i think going into next year and just generally Yeah, I guess uh, Freddie Peralta obviously has had a really, really good second half. And uh, Blake Snell, probably your uh, your Cy Young Award winner, I imagine. Two time. Unfortunately. Two, two time. Because didn't Justin Steele give up like 60 the other day too? Yeah, he did. It was to the Bray. Uh, no, it was to the Diamondbacks, but he had, played, he had started against – it was his second start against him in a row in a matter of like a week and a half. Yeah. Which is always so I hope Blake Snell gets lit up. And Zach Gallen gave up like six the other day too. I'm trying to think. Grand Blake Snell walks seven, doesn't make it out of the first like he does sometimes. Yeah, honestly, if he does that, I think it might just default back to Spencer Strider. Like if Blake Snell like has a couple bad starts here at the end. Um, I don't know. I'm still pulling for my man. I think if Steele can pull out two wins in his last two starts and the Cubs make the playoffs, I think it'll be tough if Snell gets lit up for to not give it to Steele. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I almost did uh, pitching wins, but there were just way too many people tied. I guess I could have done the top nine, and it could have just been pitchers with seven or more wins. But a couple of the names on this list are wild. Should go for, like, healthy Braves, Justin Steele. There's actually not a single Brave on this list. Really? I thought like Charlie Morton would be on there. Logan Webb? No. Logan Webb also like... not on the list. Crazy. Who's on the list? The top nine in wins going in reverse order. So these these actually, everybody either has eight or seven wins. So all the guys with seven wins are JP France, Freddie Peralta, Justin Steele, Luis Castillo, Glass now, and then Eduardo Rodriguez for Detroit has seven wins, and then Lance Lynn has seven wins, and it says across two teams. So I assume he won a game with the White Sox and then has been winning with the Dodgers. That's kind of crazy. Um, and then the two pitchers with eight wins are Verlander and Blake Snell. Well, that was fun, Ben. It appears you are a winner. After Brock sweeps the entire board on the first category. Just because I cheated and someone flashed the Jack Swinski K percentage on the screen. <laughs> Not like right now, though. It was like earlier today, right? Yeah, it was like an hour ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that... You win uh... some, you lose some. Yeah. <laughs> I really right. haven't watched enough in the second half. I need to Yeah. Need to start... Uh... Watching because I'm excited for the playoffs postseason. Yeah, the playoffs will be fun. I'm excited for some playoff podcasts. That'll be uh, that'll be exciting. I guess next week will be our last podcast fully during the regular season. I think so. Maybe we'll have to 
the next year will have to be some uh, postseason predictions once we get a better idea of who's going to be in it. Because like I said, that Marlins sweep, I think, made things kind of interesting, right? Like, I think they're going to be in the mix now. Um, There's like four teams that are tied for the last two spots, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we'll have to uh, next week. I'll put that in the uh, pod notes for next week. Right now, we'll do some uh, some predictions for the postseason. You guys have any uh, any final thoughts before we uh, send it off? I do not. Nothing. Shout out, Paul, and uh, thanks for listening.